please open it to Matthew 5. We're going to be looking at verses 34, I'm sorry, 38 through 42. And before I get started, I would like to congratulate all my friends who are tech fans um, on your well-earned victory yesterday. So congratulations to you. (laughs) Congratulations. Even Jesus has a bad day. (laughs) Here's God's word to us today. Beginning in verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone sues you for your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who will borrow from you. This is God's holy word. Let us pray. Father, as I come to your truth, I do not approach it lightly. I do not approach it as if I have it all together as if I have all the answers. I come to you just like everyone here. I come to you with with my hands open, crying out for your spirit to give guidance, to give understanding, to help me to understand. And so, Lord, we desperately need your spirit because if he doesn't come and move in this place, lives are not changed. Hearts are not changed. Communities won't be changed. And so my prayer for us today and and for every uh, church that is worshiping today that you will descend upon them, Holy Spirit, that you will take the word and apply it to our hearts and apply it to our lives this week. So Holy Spirit, come. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Was it justice? Was it injustice. This is the current debate in our country over the decision in Ferguson, Missouri right now. Some trust the system. Some don't trust it. There are frustrated people. There are insensitive people. There are political agendas. There are media outlets adding fuel to the flame. There are peaceful people and there are criminals as well. Our nation is all over the map today. But what about you? What about me? As followers of Jesus, as those who say we have saving faith in him, where are we today? Where are we? We're broken people living in a broken world. Christian hip-hop artist Lecrae says, broken pieces acting like we aren't cracked. But we're all messed up, and no one can escape that. We're some broken people, come from broken homes, broken hearts inside of a broken soul. Ain't no riches can fix it. You're broken when you have it. If you ain't breaking bad, you're still chasing the habit. It ain't no wonderland. We're still chasing the rabbit. There ain't a soul on the planet better than another. We all need grace in the face of each other. We all need grace 
in face of each other. And there's only one who can give this grace. There's only one who can give it freely, and that is Jesus. And as I said last week, we, we all have a natural tendency for revenge. We all do. You just got to have the right buttons pushed. And when people push that button, you will unleash hell on them. We all want an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And a lot of people today in our country have that feeling right now. Regardless of your opinion on what has happened in Ferguson, regardless of it, there will be things that happen in this life that's going to rub you the wrong way. There will be words spoken. There will be comments made. There will be posts on Facebook that get under your skin. And how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to respond? Will it be an eye for an eye, two for two? Or will it be what Jesus says, do not resist the one who opposes you? He doesn't want us to repay evil for evil. He doesn't want us to live with a spirit of revenge. And listen, it's hard to live that way. It's hard to live the life that Jesus calls us to live on the Sermon on the Mount. And especially hard in times such as these. But he can empower us to do it. What does it mean not to resist the one who is evil? What does he mean? He gives us a few illustrations to illustrate to us what that means. These are illustrations, not regulations. Please understand that. Illustrations, not regulations. The first illustration is found in in verse 39b. He says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, that's a good thing to put on Facebook or on a bumper sticker or on a T-shirt. But when it comes to living that out in your life, it's hard to do. If we're honest with ourselves, it's hard to do. Now, is Jesus saying that you are never to defend yourself from a physical attack? Is this Jesus saying if someone's going to bully your kid at school, you just tell your kid, well, just turn it on the cheek, son. Is that what he's saying? No, what he's dealing with here are insults. Insults. That's the point he is illustrating because a backhanded slap on the face or a cheek is an insult. And many times people insult you with their words, comments on social media, gossiping with other people, a lack of concern or sensitivity can insult you. People will insult your pride, they will insult your education, your reputation, your feelings, your manhood, your womanhood. They insult the way you parent your kids, the way you educate your kids. They will. And some of them, some of you have been insulted, either intentionally or unintentionally. And people in it, people will also insult your values, your race, and your culture. And how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to respond to it? How have you? We all have a natural tendency tendency to retaliate when we're insulted. We want revenge. We want payback. We want to get even. We want to insult people back on Facebook, Twitter, or face-to-face. And listen, I've read a lot of stuff and heard a lot of stuff this week from friends, from some of you, that, hey, I had to just step back from social media. I've typed replies and I had to delete it because I know that ain't godly. And so we all have a tendency to want to get payback when we feel insulted. 
And here, Jesus is not talking about people committing crimes against you. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those insults that often feel like a crime. And turning the other cheek means you don't return an insult with an insult. That's what he means. When someone insults you, don't insult them back. Let it be dead off your shoulders for the kingdom. Don't retaliate. Don't seek to get even. He wants you to be tough-skinned and not let insults unravel you. Don't resist the one who insults you. Overcome insults with good. And sometimes good means you just need to walk away. You just need to cut off the TV and walk away. Get off of Facebook and just walk away. That's what it means. Sometimes you don't need to watch Fox News and CNN. You just need to go away. Get away from it. Get away from it. Other times, good can mean you need to have a heart-to-heart conversation with a brother and sister about what they said. It could mean that. What does it mean for you? Because we all are insulted, and we also insult others as well. How will we respond? Respond with good. With good. I tell you, it's hard to live this way. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. His second illustration says, If anyone will sue you and take your tunic, let him also have your cloak as well. Here Jesus is illustrating to us what what it looks like for you to be wronged by another person. What do you do when you are wronged by another person? The picture he gives us here is someone who takes you to the court of law and and it sues you. And in in Jesus' time, the the, the tunic is is an outer garment in Jesus' time. The cloak is an outer garment. And under the Jewish law, a person can sue you for the outer garment, but they could not sue you for the inner garment. But Jesus is saying you should voluntarily let them have that one as well. And I don't know about you, I get confused sometimes when I hear stuff like this. Like, what what are you saying, Jesus? Does this mean that as as your disciple, I must deny, deny myself to the point where people can just take everything I have? Is that what you're calling me to? Is that what you mean? That, that someone can just take all I have and so I, I can't even provide for my own family and fulfill my own financial responsibilities? You know, a fellow Star, Starbucks customer that I know was in a car accident a few years ago. And he hit a lady from behind. He was at fault. He was at fault. And so both of them did the right thing. They called the policeman. They both exchanged so, um, uh, insurance information. And his insurance company paid for everything. They took care of the lady. But guess what happened? A few weeks later, he gets a letter in the mail saying he's been sued. Now, he's a believer. Now, what, what should he do? Just let her take everything he has, take his business, so he can't provide for his own family? You see, we have to have wisdom. Pray for wisdom when it comes to understanding and applying what Jesus is saying here. What, what he's saying here, says one pastor, that he points to, his point is to detect in us an attitude. Are we quick to demand our own rights? Are we quick to press our own interests in spite of others? Or are we willing to forego and forbear our rights for the sake of the kingdom? What about other people wronged us? Are you willing to forego your rights when other people wrong us? He wants us to have a spirit of self-sacrifice. 
a spirit of self-sacrifice when people insult you or when people wrong you. Because in this life, you're going to get wronged by people, loved ones, co-workers, your pastor, your elders, your deacons, either intentionally or accidentally. How will you deal with it? How are you going to respond to it? Don't return a wrong with a wrong. Jesus wants us to seek the good of the person who does us dirty. <laughs> who does us dirty. That's a high standard. I mean, I don't care how good we are, but that's hard to do. And that's hard to live out. Doing good to the person who wrongs us. The next two illustrations gives us a picture of what it means to be used and, and taken advantage of by other people. He says in verses 41 and 42, if anyone forces you to go one mile, you go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you. Do not refuse the one who will borrow from you. The first illustration alludes to a common practice in, in Jesus' day because under the Roman law, a Roman soldier had the right to force anyone to carry his equipment. And you couldn't refuse to do it. You had to do it. And so Jesus is saying, if the Roman soldier comes to you and forces you to go one mile, no, I want you to give him two miles. What? That ain't fair, Jesus. Two miles? I don't even want to give him one mile. What is it again? What are you saying? Self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. Because when you feel someone's taking advantage of you, the last thing you want to do is give that person an extra mile. The last thing you want to do is to serve that person. You don't want to do it. But are we willing to go the extra mile for someone who cares very little for us? It's, willing for us, to lay, it's, willing, it's us willing to lay down our rights for the kingdom. And there are going to be times in life when people use you, when they're imposed on your rights. There are going to be family members who always want you to come and rescue them. I always want you to do this and do that. And you're going to feel used. Some of you, may, some of you are going to get hit up for Christmas. What are you going to do? There are going to be a boss who have all these demands on you, co-workers who take credit for something you do. The natural tendency is going to be retaliate, revenge, get payback. But Jesus says, don't overcome evil with evil. Overcome it with good. Go the second mile. The final illustration, he says, give to the one who begs of you. Do not refuse the one who, who borrows from you. Here he says, have a generous heart. Have a generous heart. You are to give to, to the point where you don't expect anything in return from others. This is, he doesn't mean you do this to, to the place where people become codependent. It means you do it out of because of who you are in Christ. And here's the reality check. When you have a generous heart, you are going to get conned. You're going to get used. And you will get taken advantage of. Then you know that going in. And what's going and if you're not if if you're not careful, here's what can happen. That can poison you if you're not careful. It'll poison you to the point where you don't give anything. But Jesus says, do not overcome 
evil with evil, but overcome it with good. And I know you hear these words and you think to yourself, I can't live this way. I mean, I had to write this. You know, I didn't think I feel. <laughs> is it even possible? And, and Jesus, is he calling us to do something that's totally impossible? It's hard. And, and, and here's the reality. You all should be saying, Lord, I can't do it. Because that means you have a, an awareness of what's going on in your own soul. Because if we're honest with ourselves, if we're truly honest with ourselves, when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you are convicted and you're sometimes angry. Because it calls you to, to lay down your rights for someone else. Particularly someone else who don't, probably don't care about you. And so you have to go to him. And it's, it's say to the Lord, I don't want to turn the other cheek. <laughs> you already know you don't. So let's be honest with him. He knows that when someone insults you, you want to insult them back. Tell him that. Tell him that. Be honest with him. Because we know broken people in the broken world do broken things to each other. We do. We do. You see, we don't just, we're not just on the receiving end of these things. We also do these things. There ain't anyone here who hasn't insulted someone. There ain't anyone here who hasn't wronged somebody. There ain't anyone in this one who has not taken advantage of somebody. We all have, at some point, done these things. Why? Because we're all broken. We're all broken. I'm broken. You're broken. My culture's broken. Your culture's broken. There ain't a soul in this room that ain't broken. But do you see it? But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus can heal the broken. He can heal it. And that's why we have to have faith and repentance and keep short accounts with one another. In this life, you're going to either live with a revengeful spirit or you're going to live with a forgiving spirit. Which one are you going to live with? You're going to either live always wanting revenge or you're going to live willing to forgive those that hurt you, who cross you, who take advantage of you. Which one? Forgiving spirit is where Jesus wants us to be. But you won't get there if you're not connected to him. You won't get this, to this place apart from Jesus. Because that's not our natural bent. Our natural bent is to get payback. Our natural bent is to get even. But if you want to rise above the world standards of what it means to deal with those who wrong you, you need to be connected to Jesus more and more and more and more. What has this thing in Ferguson revealed about your heart? It's revealed something. And will you take that to the Lord and ask him to do a work on your heart? Will you? We're broken in this room. Ain't a soul on this planet better than another. We all need grace in the face of each other. And here's the grace that Jesus gives to his broken people. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But do you believe it? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Do you believe it? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Do you believe it? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Do you believe it? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, do you believe it? Blessed are the pure in heart, 
for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. I have seen many believers not being peacemakers this week. Are you? Blessed are those who persecute for righteousness sake, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Do you believe it? I hope so. I hope so. We as believers are salt and light of the world. The light of the world, says Jesus. No one else can take a message of hope into the brokenness of this world but those who are the people of God. That's what we take to people. Not a political agenda, not a cultural agenda, but a gospel agenda that changes culture. Whose side are we on at the end of the day? We're on the kingdom side. And the kingdom is not red and blue. It's in Jesus' blood. That's who we are. And that's what the world needs. When things socially break down, the church should shine. So there's hope in brokenness. That's what the Advent reminds us of. The coming king will come. He has come. And because he's came, there is hope in brokenness. And no one else can take that to this dying world but us. But us. They need the gospel like I need the gospel. And so because of that, we turn the other cheek. Because of the gospel, we love those who wrong us. Because of the gospel, we go the second mile. Why? Because Jesus went the second mile for you when you did not deserve it. That's why. That's why. Why do I turn the other cheek? Because Jesus turned the other cheek for you. Why do you forgive those who wrong you? Because Jesus forgave you when you wronged him. That's why. You would not be where you are if Jesus did not go to Calvary. You would not have the hope that you have if Jesus did not go to the cross. None of us will. We will be lost in our sins. Listen, people. We made great progress in our world. But progress is no savior. Progress is no redeemer. People are still broken. Still broken. And still need Jesus. I don't care how good we got it. We ain't ever going to get it. Give what Jesus can give people. Hope. In the midst of brokenness. Peace. In the midst of brokenness. Salvation. Salvation. This table is a reminder that Jesus did not resist those who hated him. i say that again. This table is a reminder that Jesus did not resist those who hate him when they were lost in their sins. Please know, we want people on the fringes. Please know, you, want, you didn't have one foot in, one foot out. You were God's enemy enemy you weren't his pal you weren't his acquaintance you were his enemy and he did not resist you instead he died for you if that doesn't humble you 
that doesn't break you, I ain't got nothing up for you. I ain't got nothing up for you. Ain't nothing else I can say to you. Because if the gospel don't humble you, ain't nothing in the world will, people. Ain't nothing in the world will. And this table is for those who have saving faith in Jesus. Those who are members of a church that preaches the gospel. Now, if you don't, a believer, if you don't have faith in Christ, I consider it an honor that you're here. And if you have questions of what it means to have faith in him, please see me after the service and we can go into my office and I can tell you all the good news about how you can become a follower of Jesus. Adults, we also ask you to don't let the kids who have not made professional faith and been welcome to the table take the elements, but we leave that to the oversight of the parents. Now, kids, this is always my favorite part during the Lord's Supper. I want each of you, look at me, babies, all the kids, look at me. I want you to look at what we do here. Look at it, because it's a reminder for what Jesus did for each and every one of you on the cross. And as your pastor, it's my prayer, it's a prayer of your parents, your elders and deacons, that one day you will come to saving faith and you too will be able to partake of this meal with your mom and dad. I rejoice in that scene that day for each and every one of my babies here. Okay? Now let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to prepare our hearts for the Lord's table. Father, I pray that as we come to receive these common elements, that you will use them to give us spiritual nourishment. That you will use them to remind us more and more of the gospel. To help us to know, yeah, we less, yes, we live in the already and not yet, but you, know, you came into this broken world to make all things new. And you're doing it. Though it's not perfect, but we know one day, one day, you shall return. And we shall see you face to face. And Lord, we rejoice in that wonderful day when you shall come back. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. The Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And having broken it, he, he gave thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can I ask the officers to, who's going to help to come assist? is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me.
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Christ's body broken for each of you. Eat of it, all of you. In the same manner, he also took the cup. Having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, having been shed for remission of sins. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart.
Christ's blood, share for your sins, drink of it, all of you. Please pray with and for me. Father, once again, I thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus, that he lived the life we could not live, and he died a death that we all deserve to die. But because of your great love for us, Father, you sent him. You sent him, Lord, to bear the burden of all of our sins. We thank you so much for the incarnation. We thank you so much for Christmas. Because without it, Lord, we are still lost. There's only one name given under heaven by which man may be saved. And that is Jesus Christ alone. And I pray for each and every one of people, each and every person here today that they go out and engage one more week. I pray that you empower them, encourage them, and strengthen them. I pray blessings over our families, blessings over our kids. I pray blessings over our country, Lord, that you provide, bring healing, and that you will use your church to be the salt and light that we're meant to be in a broken place. I pray for all this in your son's magnificent name. Amen. Please stand as we close our service.